It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. You know, on April 1st, as part of the Public Health State of Emergency, Georgia's public elementary and secondary schools, including Georgia's pre-K program, were closed for the remainder of the year. That left many families scrambling to continue their child's learning at home. And Commissioner, to assist families through these very challenging times, DECAL launched Georgia's Pre-K at Home. Uh, DECAL did with our amazing Georgia Pre-K staff. They knew that a lot of four and five-year-olds didn't get that full year of learning that we had all hoped for. And so they quickly adapted and created Georgia's Pre-K at Home. And we definitely want to thank our IT team as well. Without them, it would not be possible. And they turned it around in amazing record time, I think over a weekend, uh, to get all that going. Joining us to talk about Georgia's Pre-K at Home and our efforts to stay connected with our students and families in Georgia's Pre-K program is Faith Duncan, Director of Field Operations. She is joined by three of our Pre-K specialists, Allison Morrison, Devin Porter, and Jill Vandenboss. Everyone, uh, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for having us. So Faith, you've been in public education for a long time. You were an elementary school principal before joining us here at DECAL. And my first question for you is, have you ever experienced anything like this before? And then what grade would you give us on our response uh, so far? That might be an unfair question, but I thought it was fitting since you were a school principal. I like the grade question. Um, Rich, <laughs> I can honestly say this was uncharted territory. It was one of those where I was really grateful not to be an elementary school principal and um, having to make all of those decisions that went with that. But what I can say is we face just as important decisions at DECAL, and I give us an A+, plus, especially in the area of effort. Um, we have tried to keep children and families forefront of all our decisions and, of course, our pre-K teachers and our programs. But just DECAL at large, I feel like we put um, we kept children at the center of every decision that we were making. And there were difficult decisions. I would like to take the opportunity to thank um, Commissioner Jacobs and my Deputy Commissioner Susan Adams. They have, and really all of the executive um, team, done a marvelous job of supporting us as we have supported teachers and families and program directors. And while decisions were difficult, and you honestly, if we could have had a crystal ball, it would have been a lot easier. But we, I think we have been very flexible and we've reached out to programs and to families and said, how can we help? And we might have made a decision and then had to go back because we realized that Something had changed in the way we were doing our work at that point, and we were willing to do that. So A-plus for effort and all that we've done, and I can honestly say that I hope we don't have to face this again, but if we do, we will do the good work that we've done this time. 
Yeah, I agree. A plus for effort. And if uh, if that crystal ball that I ordered from Amazon could be on its way, that would be great. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Because we are we're making decisions as quickly as we can, but it feels like things change as quickly as we make a decision. There were a lot of moving pieces when the response to COVID nineteen began late March and early April. Faith, how did the idea for Georgia's pre-K at home come about? Well, as you know, we really weren't expecting to be home as long as we have been at this point. And when we realized that the time we were going to um, be out much longer, we thought we needed to give parents and families some support. Um, They were getting support for their K through 12. Many of the school systems had plans in place and they were continuing their learning. So we jumped in and said, what can we do to help and support our families and our teachers and children? Um, Many pre-K teachers were doing, um, reaching out to families and were already doing some online activities with them, but not all teachers have the type of technology they would need for that. So we jumped in and as Reg said, we started it on a Friday and had it up and running on a Monday morning. It's a crazy weekend. I remember it well. And again, thank you to our IT team for uh, really working hand in hand with us on that. If you haven't found us already, Georgia's Pre-K at Home is located on our website at www.decal.com. D-E-C-A-L.G-A.gov. There are six areas there, starting with daily activities, which have been very popular. Faith, talk a little bit about those. Well, there are six areas, and what we've done is, um, and we have a wonderful team, I need to say that. We have the three specialists that are joining us today for this um, recording, but we also have three other specialists that are um, part of our team, and they eagerly participated. They, as a group, came up with the idea about let's offer a daily activity, um, sort of a calendar page that families could use. All of these were meant with families and moms and dads and grandparents at home working with their child, realizing that many of them were also working as well, um, keep continuing their job at home. So we tried to make them very, very simple. We tried to really think about what is it that all families or most families would have in their homes. So our ideas are very simple ideas that families can implement. We don't want um, a lot of time because young children can't um, attend to, you know, long lengths of time. So we wanted to make the um, activities engaging and fun and simple. So we have um, story time. We have um, virtual field trips, screen-free time. Let's go outside and all about feelings are separate from our um, daily activity page. And those are um, places parents can go click on the uh, document list and get some ideas for those. And we'll talk about those more in a minute. But then our daily activity plans cover music and movement, phonological awareness, literacy, math, and fine motor skills. So those are all important for a young child, um, especially at this time of the year and with children missing some critical instruction. So we have theme-based activities each day, and what we have learned is our families are loving them, but many of our pre-K teachers have also really enjoyed them, and they're taking what we put up each day and actually adding to that and extending them for children that they are working with from their homes that were enrolled in their classrooms. So it's it has been very popular, and we are really, really um, glad to be able to support families and teachers in this way. Let me ask this just as someone from the outside looking in. When I look at these themes, music and movement, phonological awareness, literacy, math, 
fine motor skills. Those are represented pretty much on a daily basis in the pre-K classroom? That's correct. So we address those areas of learning each day, and we really try to um, make sure that we have links that work. Parents can go right to a book that is being read or a nursery rhyme or a music and movement song. So um, just to make it as easy and as accessible to families as we could. I'll tell you this, and uh, real quickly, just to give you some feedback from the social media side, On our Facebook page, there are a large number of people that like these daily activities on a daily basis, but there's a huge number that share. And I think that's so encouraging that people not only appreciate it for themselves, but want to be able to share it, whether it's teachers with students or friend to friend. Uh, We're seeing a lot of sharing on the Facebook page. That's been fun for me to watch as well. And um, one thing I do want to add to my comment is that we also realize that some children may need um, the activities extended a little bit. Maybe they have um, advanced a little more quickly than another child. So we have really tried to make these activities where you could, um, that would fit the average child in a classroom, knowing that families and teachers can extend them and make them a little bit more difficult or a little bit more challenging for a child who might need that. That's great. And one of the areas included is story time. Allison, what will we find there? When you click on the story time section, you will find several links that take you to the take you to quality read alouds by celebrities, teachers, pre-K teachers, and even decal staff. Um, It's a great opportunity for you to experience books that you may not have access to with libraries and schools closed right now. Some of the read-alouds include extension activities and open-ended questions where the reader pauses to give the audience a chance to answer. And Devin, next we see virtual field trips, and who doesn't love a field trip? Tell us a little bit about those. Absolutely. And springtime is field trip season in a pre-K classroom. So I know that everybody is really missing out on that right now. Um, While it can be chaotic, it's absolutely one of the most fun things you can do with your kids. Um, And we know how important field trips are. We need to get them out of the classroom, get them into a new environment for learning. Um, A lot of today's students are visual learners and field trips really help them um, get out and explore with their senses. Um, It also helps to deepen their understanding of a place and their community that they may have been before or not been before, um, and also deepen that understanding of a topic of study or whatever they might be learning about in class. We've been trying to find some great field trip opportunities out there virtually, but you know, as we were just saying, it's a, it's really a hands-on opportunity and it's hard to do that virtually. Um, right now we have some fantastic um, field trips up for farm. Um, we had a great farm week last week. We've got animal farm field trips. We've got Big Bird visiting the farm. I mean, who does not love Big Bird? Um, we've got farm animals and the sounds that they make and even some food. And it talks about how, you know, kind of that whole, whole you know, farm to table kind of concept. Um, so there's some great things up right now. We've also had some things up about animals. We've had some things up about museums. Um, and I think there's even just some like watch and learn kind of things where you can watch the live um, video feeds from the zoo and from the aquarium. So we're doing our best to try to find some unique opportunities for them. Absolutely. That is very creative uh, for sure. The next part of Georgia's pre-K at home is screen free time. Jill, tell us more about that. Well, screen time is something, you know, we're all very concerned about uh, this time. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends no more than 
one hour of screen time for children ages two to five. So this can be challenging while children are at home being homeschooled. So we've given parents some ideas for activities that their children uh, that don't involve any type media. So many of these activities incorporate the use of household items, things that they have around their home, boxes, just different things. You can be creative. And these will really challenge children to use their creativity and critical thinking skills. And I think just parents talking to one another um, with their kids and just talking about what can we do with this? Things I think that we take for granted on a day-to-day -day basis. Now we're at home. These activities, you know, are designed to be fun for children while they're learning. Next section is uh, let's go outside. And I think we all can appreciate that, especially during the pandemic. Um, Allison, what's uh, let's go outside all about? Social distancing has left most of us feeling cooped up, especially children. And they have lots of extra energy. Um, so we're trying to find ways to help get that energy out Um the activities in this section are ideas that will help to engage your children in activities um, outdoors to, that will get those wiggles out. Some of the activities incorporate opportunities to work on academic skills. Um, if you don't have the opportunity to go outside, some of these activities can be adapted for indoor play. We know that large body play is especially important in the development of preschool age children. So we're trying to provide new ways. I know everyone's getting sort of bored with the same things over and over. So we want to add variety and give ideas. And finally, all about feelings. I know there's been a lot of feelings in my house. I have school age children, but there's been a lot of feelings. So Faith, <laughs> can you explain that one to us? <laughs> yes. So this has been a difficult, a trying time for everyone, but it has certainly been that way for children. Um, we know that children have big feelings that they many times may struggle communicating to us. So we will see children um, appearing to be angry or appearing to be um, defiant when really there is an emotion behind that. So we can't stress enough the importance of social emotional learning for children and the resources in um, un under this uh, All About Feelings tab are all sort of focused on that. How do you talk with your child about COVID-19? How do you get them to open up about their feelings? Um, we are, have plans soon to add information, um, add some great books that are will get children to open up and talk about those feelings. Children relate well to characters in books, and especially when things are humorous and they can sort of see, oh, I might have done that before. So this is really aimed at helping families help their young child cope with the feelings they might be having. They were just sort of, one day I'm in um, my pre-K classroom and the next day I'm not and I haven't gone back. So this is really all about that. But then I see this continuing as a resource for families as we go through the school year. We, again, social emotional learning is such an important part of learning um, for children and helping them to become young people who can express their emotions in appropriate ways and turn into adults who can do that. So again, all you have to do is go to our website, decal.ga.gov. You'll see a banner there for Georgia's Pre-K at Home. Just click on that banner. It will take you to the page we've just described for you with daily activities, story time, virtual field trips, screen-free time, let's go outside, 
and all about feelings and faith. This is updated on a daily basis, weekly basis. How does that work? So our daily activity calendar is actually updated on a daily basis. Those activities change Monday through Friday, but parents can go back and families can go back and access other weeks and other days that are there. They have None of them have been taken down. And then our other resources are all about feelings, our outside play, screen-free time. Those are updated about every one to two weeks. Um, we will. We are planning on um, beefing them up a little bit right now as we get closer to summer so that parents will have um, ample resources and things they can refer to when working with their children over the summer. Those are great resources. I've been looking through all of our social media and I've seen some very creative ways that Georgia's pre-K program teachers, assistant teachers, and their students are staying connected. What are some of the best practices that you guys have seen? Um, I know for my teachers, I'm seeing and hearing a lot about interactive Zoom meetings, um, Google Meets um, meetups and things like that. Um, They're doing story time. They're doing morning message. They're doing calendar time. Like they're mixing in all kinds of great skills that they're getting throughout the day into these short, you know, 20, 30 minute sessions. A lot of teachers are meeting daily. Some teachers meeting twice a week. Um, Assistant teachers might get involved in the afternoon with a story time while the lead teacher does morning meeting, and then they mix it up the next week. I know I've also heard about a lot of teachers that are making individual phone calls to families and children just so they can hear each other's voices and children can ask questions, you know, about how their teachers are doing and vice versa. Um, and I know that we all know how important connections are, especially during this time. I've seen so many helpers in our medical field and, you know, in our first responders, but the teachers have stepped up in a time where There has never, we've never seen this before, and they have figured out ways to connect with their students by dropping off packets and sending cards and driving by and connecting with those students just to show them that they still care. And so I think that children seeing that there are still people that care about them and seeing their teacher in some way helps them to still feel connected and grounded in a time where things are so uncertain and their routine is very off. Yeah, I think one of the things that some of my teachers have told me is that their students really need to see them at home and they realize like, oh, my teacher has a home and it makes them realize that everyone's okay. Everyone's doing the same thing. They're also in their homes. You know, I think sometimes they may think that, oh, everyone's at school but me, or is everyone okay? And I think that that connection has been wonderful. I think one of my teachers said that a student said, is, you know, Miss Laurie, is that your is that your bed? Is that can show us your home? They really need to know. Like, yeah, my teacher has a home. And she said, I think you know, they really thought that I pulled a mat, a sleeping mat, from the classroom and slept behind my desk. But I'm at home too, and I'm staying safe as well. So those are things I don't think we think about that children really need to be aware that everyone's okay and and being able to see their friends. Um, they really have enjoyed that, you know, knowing that everyone's all right and um, when they've had birthdays, they've been writing on a whiteboard, like happy birthday to Justin, things like that, and and sharing with them. So that connection piece that that Devin talked about and Allison, it's been really, the teachers really have stepped up. It's kind of funny, you know, I remember being in elementary school and uh, us bumping into my teacher at the grocery store. And I was amazed that 
A, the teacher was out in public and that she needed to be at a grocery store. <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> I, I think it's that superhero mentality of, you know, you love your teachers. The other thing that comes to mind in times like these are, I think children look immediately to their parent, their family, their teacher to see how they're reacting to things in order to almost determine how they should be reacting. I know my kids did. It's so important for us to maintain some type of normalcy when it comes to this. And I think this is a great way uh, to do that. We're moving into the month of May uh, when pre-K classes, I guess, would be preparing to end really for the school year. Faith, how long do you see us offering Georgia's pre-K at home? Well, right now we're planning on offering our daily activity calendars through the end of May. And in June, we will transition to our summer tips, um, our suggestions for families of fun activities. We have some summer calendars that we put out. But again, many of those resources will remain and we will add additional additional resources to those to the document list that are in there. And then one fun thing that we're going to do is a couple of weeks before school starts, um, our webpage team, and they are all wonderful, wonderful ladies. They have jumped in and we're going to do back to school two weeks of calendar activities for families to sort of ease into that. Because many times what happens um, as the summer goes by, bedtimes get push back and it's really difficult. Um, those of you who have young children know that to get them up and moving. So we thought, why not have a pre-K transition to kindergarten, a couple of weeks of plans for that for parents, maybe help hmm. take away some of the fear children have. So we're planning on doing that, but our, again, we're going to continue our webpage and we will have resources there for families. Faith, tell us about plans for the summer transition program this year. Has COVID-19 had any impact on that very popular and effective program? Yes, it has. And we are busy working now, adapting our plans and working with providers. Uh, we do plan on offering the program this year. It will be in a different manner as we look towards all of the guidelines for health and safety um, that are in place for programs. And also knowing that we are, we're, it's going to be the start time is going to be pushed back a little. So more information will be shared with that as soon as all of our plans um, are in place and are confirmed. But at this point, we are offering a summer transition program. That's great. We're always working to prevent summer learning loss between pre-K and kindergarten. Let's open it up again to this panel, which I love having everybody here uh, today. What are some good ideas for preventing brain drain, as they call it, uh, this summer? I think one of the best things you can do is read with your child every single day. Pick up a book, read that book with your child, talk about the vocabulary, talk about what's happening in the pictures, get them to think by asking some open-ended questions, not the yes and no, not the his shirt is red, but the, you know, why do you think that? Or what do you think will happen next? I mm. think really getting them to communicate and problem solve and think through um, a lot of the things that happen through story time. Um, would be fantastic. I was just going to say families need to make sure this is fun. Mixing in learning with things that the family is already doing, getting outside, help letting your child help you cook things, um, all of the measurement and all. It doesn't take money. It just takes that time spent with your child. And Devin's right. We cannot emphasize enough the importance of reading every single day with your child. I also think that talking to them, you know, just having the conversations, uh, letting them dictate to you and writing the words down, 
around uh, about experiences, what they've done, what they would like to do for the day, keeping them involved with that, um, the reading and asking questions like Devin and, and Faith were talking about, but having those conversations, um, talking about experiences, how they're feeling, talking about things um, that are going on in their lives and being able to almost keep a journal uh, this summer and write the things um, down that they're doing, what they would like to do. Um, how they think kindergarten is going to be things um, and writing, drawing pictures for them to illustrate, to keep a journal of how things have been going and, and being able to look back over those experiences. Well, Faith and team, I want to say thank you for all this great information today on Georgia's Pre-K at Home. I know it's been uh, very popular and lots of people are using it. So thank you. But remind us where we can go for more information on Georgia's Pre-K at Home. Okay, you can go to www.decal.ga.gov. There will be banners scrolling at the top, and you'll see one that is for families and parents to click on for learning resources at home with pre-K. Very good. Before we let you guys go, I got one last question, not to put you on the spot, but I'm just curious. What is your big takeaway so far? I mean, we're not through it yet, but what's your takeaway for you personally and professionally from this COVID-19 pandemic experience. Allison, let's start with you. I have really enjoyed slowing down and spending time with my family and my children. We have spent time playing in the yard and playing games and cooking together and having those conversations that sometimes get missed in the busyness of life. Very good. Devin, how about you? Um, I think my biggest takeaway, not only with work, but also with community and family, is just that, you know, when people get together, people can do great things when they work together. It's just been amazing to see all the different, you know, the healthcare workers, the first responders, the teachers, the programs, the neighbors that are helping pick up food for the elderly so they don't have to go out. Like, so many people are communicating and finding more ways to communicate, more platforms to use, more ways to communicate without even, you know, getting within the six feet of social distancing um, <laughs> to really help each other and really step up and stand out and um, put in a helping hand. And I think that's been fantastic. And it's mm. very heartwarming to see. Mm-hmm. Jill, how about you? Well, I think I've one of the things really that I've learned is it's okay not to be okay sometimes. It's okay <laughs> that the uncertainty of things, it, that's all right. Um, I've learned that a lot and really um, been able to connect with my teachers. We've I've gotten to know them probably more than I would ordinarily when I go and visit in the classrooms and learning how they are doing and just asking them, how are y'all doing? You know, that's probably the... Um, that that connecting with them has been more beneficial and meaningful to me this time than it ever has. Uh, and finding out about them, things that I didn't know, making those connections with them. It's, that's been wonderful. So I, that's something I'm very thankful for and grateful. And I think I've taken that for granted in the past. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, Faith, how about you? What's your big takeaway? Well, first talking about it from just a human perspective, I would say that we've had a great reminder that people are inherently good. Devin said earlier about those people who have stepped up. We've seen neighborhoods, we've seen communities, we've done all types of things to support people who are struggling, those first responders, the people that are in our hospitals, um, our nursing and doctor staff. People have really stepped up and recognized, hey, 
these people are important in our lives and sometimes we're not as grateful. Even the grocery store workers who are stocking and are delivering our groceries, mm. I think we have learned to be a nation of people that are more thankful for the blessings that we have on a day-to-day basis. But now going to my um, pre-K world, I would have to say that I think we have all learned that we can do anything when we put our minds to it. Many of us were not as comfortable using technology, things, online meetings, Zoom, Skype, and boy have, has our staff just jumped in and they are making those connections. Many have said to me, you know, I've gotten this, I'm getting to see my teachers more right now because I can quickly just engage them on a phone call or on a, a Zoom or a Skype call. So I really think that we have learned that as a group in decal and i'm speaking for my great pre-k friends we can do anything when we have to and especially Mm -hmm. with children in the center of it and i think you're right i think you know there are articles that have been written about this and discussions about what's going to come out of this that we'll continue to use on a regular basis i think teleworking will be something we'll see more of i think technology the zoom meetings uh the skype meetings and things like that will be uh, more common. So yeah, I, I think there will be a time in the future that uh, someone will say, when did you start doing such and such? And we're going to go, you know, we started that during COVID-19 <laughs> of all things. So there is a there is a silver lining. There is a bright side. We do want to remind folks, it doesn't just stop with pre-K here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. You'll also find online resources for younger learners on our website. We've got something called Toddler Time at Home which has been very popular. And for families, we're also producing a weekly educational video series called Chat About Children. Each week, we feature different decal experts discussing topics that are relevant to families who are raising and educating young children. And uh, we can all use good advice along those lines. So check those things out all at decal.ga.gov. Well, ladies, this was a treat. I am so glad we were able to make our schedules work, pull everybody together. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Thank Thank you. you. It was fun. It was. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Cindy Kickleiter, and I work in the nutrition division. The question I have for the commissioner is, how will we be spending the $144 million Georgia received through the CARES Act? Well, Cindy, that's a great question. So uh, several weeks ago, Congress uh, appropriated and the president signed um, some additional funding for many different industries in our country, one of those being child care. And so uh, Georgia, through the Department of Early Care and Learning, did receive $144 million. And the direction we received from the federal government was that should be used to help stabilize child care programs in your state. Uh, We know how important child care is in normal circumstances, but it's going to be even more important uh, that childcare is available when parents are are ready to go back to work. Um, many of those programs have closed, some have remained open, and a lot of them are struggling financially, to be completely honest. Um, childcare is not, it doesn't have a huge profit margin. Many programs don't have a whole lot of reserves to keep things running. And so our main goal is to stabilize childcare. And so beginning on May 1st, 
uh, an application process will open and all licensed child care programs, that's about 4,500 programs throughout our state, will be eligible to apply for funding through what we're calling STABLE. It's going to be a one-time payment to all licensed child care programs based on their enrollment. So, of course, there are a lot of details behind that, but uh, what to know uh, first and foremost is Every program, every licensed child care program in Georgia will be eligible for money through the CARES Act, and that opens up on May 1st. Okay, and you go to qualityrated.org to make that application? So you go to your Koala account. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is the portal for providers. They're very familiar with it. Just wanted to make sure they knew how to get there. That starts May 1st. That same day, CAPS is expanding its new priority group for the essential services workforce during COVID-19 to include those who work within the food supply chain, like grocery stores, farming, and food delivery and pickup. Exactly. So another uh, use of those CARES dollars uh, from the federal government was uh, to create an essential workforce priority group to receive our child care subsidy funding, which is CAPS here in Georgia. And so we used a tiered approach. Uh, we've allotted 500 slots for essential workforce. The first tier was really for health care, first responders, medical, um, police, EMS, those types of individuals. And we used some data to determine when we could open up tier two. And so on May 1st, uh, tier two will open up, which will will open it up to um, food type providers. So you're right. The list is long and lengthy, but it's grocery store, those who deliver food, those who produce food, anybody in the supply chain that um, that gets our food to us, um, either in a restaurant or in a grocery store. So that will open up May 1st for those workers in those industries. And for that, you can go to qualityrated.org or you can call 1-833-4-G-A-CAPS, C-A-P-S. More information on the Essential Services Workforce. Got a little bit of time. Let's take one more question from the water cooler. Hello, my name is Brian Griffin, and I am a quality support specialist with the pre-K division of Bright from the Start. My question for the commissioner is, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? But seriously, if you could wave a magic wand to make a change, what change would you make? Brian, great question. And you uh, definitely tricked, <laughs> tricked me on that one. I did not know the answer to the Tootsie Pop, but I will look that up um, on your magic wand question, though. You know, um, that that is kind of a difficult one. I, I think it's um, I'm ready for things to get back to normal. have definitely um, tried to adjust to uh, being at home and working from home and being a teacher and sharing our space with everybody like so many of us are doing. But um, if I had a magic wand, I think it's um, just get back to normal. Uh, we've definitely learned a lot through this. We've definitely risen to the occasion, and I'm so proud of the decal team for doing that. But I think we'd all like to get back to normal. So eventually, uh, soon, if we all um, take care of ourselves and heed the warnings from our public health officials, I think we'll we'll get there. So the sooner the better for me, for sure. You know, before you know it, we'll be right back in traffic complaining yeah. about all those things we complained about before, but you maybe so with right. a little more appreciation, right, for what I we've hope been through. So. Yeah, I hope we don't forget any of this, um, that's for sure, and what we've learned and be more appreciative of what we do have. Let your thoughts go back to these days, maybe, and uh, yeah, you, you can handle it a little bit better. Good answer. <laughs> Time for the decal download quiz. Your chance to win a nice prize by answering a question correctly and having your name drawn from all the correct answers. Here's the question 
For this week's podcast, name one of the six categories you'll find under Georgia's Pre-K at Home. Name one of the six categories you'll find under Georgia's Pre-K at Home. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers and send you a prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.